If I had gotten your voicemail again, I I probably would have destroyed everything. Just as a head. Yeah. Yeah. I called it like five times and just kept going straight to your voicemail. I was like, if this is his, like, fuck you calling shit right now, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> it's not. So welcome, everybody. Uh, home Ice Advantage. Um, it's obviously been a little bit, been a little bit going on in Hurricane Flan. Um, and with that in mind, just as a programming note, uh, basically, Colin and I are very busy. Um, we're both in the middle of kind of new uh, career, not necessarily moves, but life, right? So moving forward, every Tuesday, every Thursday, um, we're doing a podcast. And the only thing that will change, and that's even a maybe, is from now, a lot of what ended up happening, is just a peek behind the curtain, is, you know, Colin would be free – I'd be, let's say Monday I'm free until 6.30, Colin's free at 10, and we just couldn't fire at the same time, basically. So um, moving forward, if we don't have it wrapped up by X amount of time, one of us is just doing it. Um, so and that's the plan moving forward. But thankfully, we have literally nothing but good news to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, on a side note, the hockey gods might be telling us to only do a podcast every five games. I'm just saying. I mean, if they, if they lose, if they lose Thursday, we just we just shut down the whole thing, right? Yeah, I think it's all over at that point. It's just all over. Okay, so let's. What I want to do because we've missed so much, and I don't want to do, you know, to me, recaps age like milk, right? Um, once you get a day past it. What are you, what are you really doing? So, we do want to touch on all the games, but we're not going to give an in-depth analysis or anything like that. So, um, let's start from the very beginning. Uh, opening night, Islanders. We were both at the game. Um, kind of, what were your thoughts? What were your feelings after that game was done? So, I expected night one to be this knockout, drag-out fight. And to be fair, when you look at this 6-3 score, it's a little misleading because it wasn't that easy. But I was excited after game one because there was a lot of off-season changes that I wasn't positive about, but I was excited after game one. Yeah, and it was, you know, after game one, it felt great. Um, you had, I mean, Fetch playing really well, right? Um, you had that uh, – it sucks for the fans. And I knew the Barzell goal, the first one, right? A very clear goal. Um, I don't know how that got missed. Um, to me, even if, it, you know, going against the Canes, all that aside, you call that a goal every time and then review it. Letting that go is awful. Um, and that was a bit of a backbreaker. Every ticket was sold in the building, but it was not necessarily full. And Islanders travel well, so that was a bit of a beating. But well, I mean, no, no, no. So uh, I'm I'm going to elaborate on this one. So the first night of the season, opening night, was the same night as the North Carolina State Fair starting. Now, if you're not from like the Wake County Triangle area, you might not know that the State Fair. So there was a ton of traffic getting to the arena. And then they're also, literally next to each other. Like you cross the street to get to one. 
or the other? Normally, they use the arena's parking lot as parking for the state fair. It, it's it, literally it's a street. Close. It's like a five-lane street. Like this is not exactly. <laughs> they are is, next There's to no each highway. Other. Like it's just right there. And yeah. then, and honestly, I mean, I respect. I want money type situation here. But the Hurricanes were like proud that they brought in like five Islanders meetup groups in the building. So across the arena, there'd be full sections of Islanders fans, <sighs> which was just a lot of work. They just put a lot of work on us. Game one, and they're like, and "Okay, look, lose your voices." Fans. Islanders yeah. are good fans for sure. Um, and I do think one of the things that I'm very prideful um, about uh, our fans is. I like to draw, right? I want to chirp at people, but I feel like we do and did because Islanders fans are tough. They they will fuck you up if you let them. And I've been I've been to many games where that has happened. <laughs> you just have to sit and wear it. And um, and all I'm saying is that I thought as a fan base and everything, a very fun game. Always it's always fun to win, right? Uh, I've never been to a win where I felt terrible without you know picking and dying on the other end of the ice. Um, but Good, like it's one of the things I like about our fans that you can. If you took five Carolina Hurricanes meetup groups to Long Island, they'd kill you, right? <laughs> they, you, you'd be the, you'd be the secret meat at fucking Borelli's, right? Yeah. So, I, and that's not a knock on them. Everybody's a little different, but I, you know, good win there. I appreciated waving to them. Yeses. I thought one of the things I thought the building did a great job of is. Every Let's Go Islanders chance that started immediately got crushed by Let's Go Hurricanes. Yeah. So good on that. Um, so then we go to Nashville, right? Um, much uglier game. Um, I think, and we're, we'll touch on this when we kind of, once we go through the games, kind of our initial thoughts through the season so far. We saw a Nashville sellout. This is – I know this shouldn't bother me because it's just these teams and, you know, it's really a tip of the cap to your sales department, right? And uh, – but, look, they might have sold every ticket in that building, but uh, that was not a sellout. Much in the same way that the Canes game was not a sellout, uh, or at least it wasn't full capacity. It wasn't yeah. even close. And um, so that was funny. They actually have – their – we've seen sellout streaks – get crushed across the league. Nashville is close because they have a Nashville red state blue city uh, vaccine mandate. I actually have a, a personal friend who is vaccinated and didn't go. He had tickets to that game and opted not to go because, you know, whatever, right? So uh, th- that yeah. might come to an end soon. And when you see, you know, the, we're going to touch on this a little bit later, but attendance is down across the league so far. So the Nashville game, kind of ugly. Um, I mean, UC Saros just really uh, has a number on us, right? Like, I feel like that guy, he's a good goalie, but I feel like he plays us and he's just superhuman. If I never see UC Saros again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> I but legitimately, we could not play Nashville or Tampa for the next 100 years, and I'd be perfectly fine with it. It's not because I'm afraid of playing them. I'm just so tired of it. I'm just over it. Yeah, you get in these battles. And, it, it, you know, it's not even the playoffs thing. Like, I don't want to see the Panthers either. Like, we've already yeah. – we basically had a year's worth of playoff series 
at a minimum, in some cases, three years of playoffs. Like, I'm just done. Good for them. Like, enjoy yeah. the Atlantic. Well, enjoy the Central. Bye. Like, the mindset on it was, like, we'll get to the game later, but, like, this was the first time we had played the Leafs since the David Ayers game. I didn't even know that. I was, they we, uh, on the broadcast, and yeah. was like, oh, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, so, and then we also had, and it's still early, and he looked very similar last year early, but that Sveshnikov goal to go up 2-1. Woo! Yeah. Ah, he is snapping it. Snapping it, right? I, I think we'll, we'll touch on that later. So then you get the Montreal game. What a – I don't think I have to tell anybody who would listen to this about the Montreal game. I actually thought that might have been the worst of the three games that we played. Um, but, man, if Freddie Anderson doesn't look good. And I think Kiki getting the goal was nice. Um, I thought the Canes reaction. One of the things that I appreciate, and if you haven't read it, you should. And if you don't have a subscription, you should. Sarah Sivian, who's the beat writer for the, um, for the Athletic, she's the beat writer for the Canes with the Athletics, and she actually sat down or went to some, a local bar here and watched the, the Montreal game with the social media team. And um, kind of one of the things that's been funny to see is you, you, these old, gruff Canadian media members and what have you, and it's not just Canada, right? There's a little bit, of, little bit of that just in hockey stuff in general. There's so much, oh, this is about revenge. They spent 10 minutes on 32 Thoughts telling, telling um, oh, no, this is all about revenge. Just stop saying it's not. But it's not. When, when you read the interview, there's nothing personal. This happens literally in every other league all the time. Heaven forbid the Hurricanes want to have some fun. And, and to be clear, the comeuppance is coming. We are going to get shattered eventually. But, I'm, you know, again, 32 Thoughts might as well have done an hour-long special on, a, on you know, stop telling yeah. the media it's not A, B, and C. It's not. It's for well, attention. I, I love 32 Thoughts, too. But, like, I literally was like, oh, let me listen to 32 Thoughts and then sat there for 10 minutes as I heard my team get skewered for bringing fans yeah. to the sport. I'm so it's, sorry. We're creating yeah. fans for the sport. My apologies. And and I'm kind of tired of – we just have to ignore them. I think as as a fandom, uh, those guys are good. But when, when when they're wrong about your 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 fandom or however, you, you know, your franchise, however you want to call it, you know, we wait, we did the wave – to be fair, it was in a playoff game, and the the, the, the pieces and the hand wringing and all these these non traditional markets just don't get it. Well, here I am opening. I'm watching opening night home in Vancouver. First time they've had a home game in some almost 600 days. They're down three. I think they were down three one when I saw the wave, and I think they got within three two. What you know, the fine people of Vancouver, those casuals, those uh, non traditional market hockey fans, doing the wave. Well, who would have thought? And, you know, I looked. Oh, I certainly looked. TSN? Not a word. Not a word. Interesting. Very interesting, huh? So, um, whatever on that. Great win. Good for Kiki. That stuff is fun. You cannot like it. I don't love it. But it is 
only for fun. Nobody here cares. Columbus, full disclaimer, I was I was I was out of town and was in the midst of traveling with that game. So I saw the final, I saw the goals, I watched the first period and a half, and then that was really it. It's my understanding that Freddie Anderson um continues to look really good. Um and that but my analysis on that is uh, thank, first off, thank you, Jake Bean, for still weighing seven pounds. Yeah, I was trying. <laughs> my favorite part of that game is Jake Bean being pushed off the puck and it being good for us this time. It was like, oh, oh, yeah. cool, sweet. Yeah. Jordan Stahl was like, I think I've seen this movie before. <laughs> but he, he's actually playing well in Columbus, too, and they'll give him a runway to figure it out. So it was it was just nice to have one of those go your way, for sure. So then the most recent game, and we can spend a little bit more time on this. Um, so Toronto. I actually had a bit of a reality check after the Toronto game. So we go to the game. Matthew scores early. It's not a great goal, but it's also – that's that's the you think – you thought I was going to do this, so I did this, so I did that. You, you know what I mean? Like that was one of those. That's literally just Matthew being amazing, yeah. like a genetic freak. That's what that was. Well, he just made Freddie thought five hole, and Matthews, whatever, right? That goal yeah, happened. Far, far I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure Freddie would like it back, but it's a goal scorer's goal, right? Like a Chad Rose would never get that goal because they would never think he could. Like it would just never happen, right? So, and then, so you're in the first. I really thought we were outplaying them, like, you know, like badly. I thought they had that Matthews goal. That was really it, and. um so we get into the second period, and I knew if we could go up 2-1, it was over because this team was just not in a good place. And, um, and, and ultimately, it was up to the Matthews line. I think it was Matthews, Nylander. I don't know who they have on his left now. Uh, Bunting, maybe? Because Jordan Stahl was like, well, the, the second line here with the Leafs is not doing shit tonight. And he, I mean, he really shut them down for most of the night. So you get that. Um, you get just a, you know, pretty standard goal from Ajo. Um, good tip in. Um, good. Something, Bear doesn't have a great shot. Like He's not beating people with his shot. But he seems to lob it up for these tips really well. He's got good vision. So Ajo gets the tip in. That's good. And then you get the hardest job in the world is to be a fourth liner on a cup team. It's totally thankless, right? You have to play a perfect 10 minutes. Uh, It's not even perfect. As it turns out, we don't even call this player by his actual name. I'm sorry, we didn't for a very long time. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's just the life, life of that. That's just the way those guys have to live. And if you don't, if you're not net neutral or better for ten minutes, it's bad. <laughs> it's it's not good. Fourth lines are a lot like offensive lines in football. If you're talking about them, generally not a good thing, right? Yeah, you want them to disappear in the background. So when you get face-off win, I don't remember who took the shot or who won the face-off, but then you get great block by Marty, who immediately gets up past the. Uh, Stephen Lawrence, and I was going to keep calling him Lawrence, but on this day, also have you noticed? So it was always Laurie. So 
what everybody called him, Lori, Lori, Lori. Now it's Lawrence, a lot of Stevie. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. Notice a lot that of too. Stevie. But um, I mean, Lawrence never or <laughs> Lawrence never gives up. It's gonna take a second. Fights through it, and I wonder. I don't know. It almost feels like there's a bit of a book on Jack Campbell. I don't know. Maybe is that because he's three out of four of our goals were five hole? Like, well, the Aho one. I don't know if you count that. It went five hole, right? But I don't know if you're him. Like, you know, if you get beat, if it's blocker side, right, and you it gets deflected and goes like glove side. You didn't get beat glove, right? Like, it's uh, that's a weird one. I think. Like, I, I don't really consider that getting beat in the traditional way. So, but yeah, take him five hole. Um, it looks like it got under the paddle and kind of clipped that right pet leg pad on, on the way in. Awesome goal. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome goal. When you're Stephen uh, Lawrence, that's a clip you're going to be able to show your kids for the rest of your life. And they're going to think you're fucking, you know, Rick Nash. Well, <laughs> awesome. Of course, like, if Freddie Anson had let that goal in, we would have been pissed. But I'm yeah, more than that- proud of Stephen Lawrence to be like, no, he walked his ass off for that goal. Take it. Yeah, yeah. So, at that point, I was pretty confident we were going to win. You just had to keep, you had to keep them out of it. This is a team that's not in a good place, and it's important, especially because they travel well. You know, you're always one. You know, Marner, Steele to Tavares to bar down, and then it, and then things flip quick. They are very good. They're very skilled. So later on in that period. We get a very rare uh, Jacob Slavin penalty. Um, I I didn't see from from the ice. It looked like it was what it was, right? A little bit, right? Uh, I thought Trocheck penalty later in the game was pretty weak. Brett Pesci committed the terrible sin of being within six feet of Mitch Marner. Yeah, when he saw the ice. I don't. I mean that. I don't, I don't mean to sound like a stereotypical hockey fan, but the officiating has been, I shouldn't say all season, but a lot of the officiating has been complete and utter garbage. Well, this is just not a good, it's good to win the game because occasionally you're going to hard win, right? I mean, we literally had the most obvious offside goal get counted and then won that game last year, right? And that's just one I can remember off the top of my head. So it's good. You want to win – you want to win the games where you're getting hosed, right? So we were getting hosed. That's a win. You kill that off. Then we get, man, the the Jacob Slavin just undressing Mitch Marner in front of maybe 14,000, 15,000 people. Yeah. And then Nino, so patient. Nino, five hole again. And it looked like I watched the Lorenz goal because it's hard to tell – it's not an attempt to, or on Lawrence. It's not a, an attempt to shit on Lawrence, but sometimes fourth liners go five hole and they really wanted to go top shelf. And yeah. you know, the ability to do that in an instant is is the yeah. difference between if 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 Jesper Fox could do that, he'd be a twelve million dollar player. That's I really. So in my head, he was just take, trying to put the shot on net. He didn't think he was going to get there. He got there. I'm going to throw this at the net. And I think Campbell yeah. was like, "There's no way he's going to get here." Oh shit, he's here. And it was too late. Yeah. So 
once the Niederreiter goal goes in, you know, basically game over. Um, Svetch gets the empty netter. Um, really good game for um, Anderson again. Um, so we're we're five and zero. Um, I want to hear. Let's start with the very kind of simple stuff. What what have you thought of everybody? All the new guys, right? Who are the okay. two most? Who are the people you're the most impressed with? Who we who we signed? So Freddie Anderson, I don't. This is, it makes me uncomfortable to watch him. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It's just like it makes me uncomfortable. I'm always tense when when he's like on the ice, flopping like a fish, but still making saves. Like, I'm not saying he's bad for it. I'm so unused to the utter chaos that is being a 6 3 goalie who can just stick a leg out and you're fine that it makes yeah. me massively uncomfortable. But, again, well, he's played great. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just uh, uh, like makes my skin crawl. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, it worked out. Okay, okay, we're fine. Yeah, he uh, – I like the way you put it. There, he has – you know, between Mrazek and Ndelkovic and, you know, Reimer is here, but older, right? You know, he's looked decent in San Jose so far. Um, but there, he has, because they're smaller, they have to be moving. And he has the ability to, he'll be butterfly, stick over the five hole, catch it left pad, and not be able to fully kick it out, and he'll just stay there. And he'll just lightly glide to the left from his initial push. And he just sits there. And it's like, what are you doing? He's always right. Always covers it. He's so fucking big. So smart. Great on the angles. Anderson had one of the all-time great uh, end of the power play, push off the post to get the net up, get the whistle. Uh, one of the all-time. No, that, right that was a complete accident. What do you mean? He did not intentionally knock that head off. What are you talking about? I'd suppose he's, but yeah, he would never. Very different. He just hangs in there so calm. So calm. All right, so that's your one. Who's the other? So, I really, I, I, I'm, I'm like, Kiki's, Kiki, KK? Kakanyemi. Either way, it's a weird situation for me because I, uh, he's played very, very well. I don't have any complaints about him. But uh, I'm so interested to know, and we'll never get to, is what if we had had Kakanyemi this whole time? What if we were able to develop? What if he, and I think it's well known at this point, what if he didn't get wasted in Montreal? How good could this kid be? Because he's not bad, and he was wasted. So that's literally every time I see him now, I'm just like, damn, I wonder how good you can become now that you had, what, three wasted seasons? I think it's hard for him to... And, and Nate just kind of went through this and got better about it, but part of board battles are not Kiki's game. And when you're a winger, that's just way more your game, right? So you, you'd like to see a little more production from him in, in a perfect world, but I think the eyeball test, I think he's looked good, like you said. He's had opportunities. He's had a couple of things. For me, the difference between kind of replacement level players or, you know, I mean gimmick in like a nice way, but like, like Phil Castle's a gimmick player, right? He does one thing. He does it so exceptionally well 
that he's borderline worth building a team around, but he does the same. And then you have guys who kind of do it all and who can in, in that Montreal game, Aho kind of bang, bang, terrible pass um, from hash to hash um, to, to Kiki. And he, it was nothing because it hit his skate and they were surrounded and he turned into a pretty good chance and almost put it through the armpit. Right. So those are the little things and there's no point for that. Right. You're not going to highlight anywhere or anything like that, but taking what is a dead play and turning it into a, a, a near goal. Those are the kind of things where maybe at four years, three and a half million, you can, yep. you can get more and more runway too. So if I had to, so far, Freddie Anderson has um, looked good. Now, the, the yeah. concerns for me, um, he would be the player I've been the most impressed with. My concerns would be, you know, how do you say, I think he wants to play 65 games, and we cannot let that happen. I think what we want, all things considered equal, when we had, quote, the tandem, Morazic, if there was a back-to-back, they'd split it. You ride the hot hand. But Morazic's getting two, two out of three most of the time, yeah. right? And um, I think that's what you need to have with Anderson. And then, and then ride him in the playoffs, right? I think that makes the most sense. You know, hip, hip stuff, knee stuff. It's, it's either gone forever or it's back constantly. So let's not play with it. Um, I've been a little surprised that they didn't find Ronta a game. I, I don't want Ronta's first game of the year to be against Boston, but that is their second game of a back-to-back. So so they'll be – I don't, actually don't remember who they're playing. Wait, Boston's playing the today. game. Yeah, no, Boston. No, 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 but game. Boston's playing tonight. Oh, I Wednesday. see. I'm sorry. Okay. And then they come into Raleigh Thursday. I don't know where they're playing. I don't remember. You can pull that up. So maybe – I hate – you know, if you're Ronta, you haven't gotten to play in a really long time. But like, all right, here's the Bruins. See ya. So I, I kind of hate that part of it. But maybe you let Freddie play again, and then you can put Ronta in uh, against Chicago, which, you know, I don't know if you've heard, but – Literally, not a thing could be going right for Chicago right now. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, Boston's next three games just fucking suck. So they're playing against the Panthers tonight at well in Love Florida, it. and then they come okay. up and play us at in PNC, of course, and then they go back home to play the Panthers again. So literally, it's gonna have three hard fucking games back to back. Where are they back. right now? Where do they play last? I don't know where they play. I mean, they're three and one on the season. I know that they haven't had like terrific starts. I mean, it's just more Sean Green. Three and one's pretty good. So, I mean, I'm not being yeah. terrible, but like I hate. They beat the. Sharks. I hate that being Ronta's first they game. They beat Buffalo. Like, no offense. You, you, you mean the teams? the four and two Sharks and the four one and one uh, Buffalo? Or, uh, Listen, we can do gimmicks all night and day. But let's be real here. <laughs> We'll see. I think those if, teams both, and we'll touch on that later. But if Buffalo uh, wins the President Trophy, I swear to God, I'll go buy Michael Jordan. He's not even on the team. That's the most important part. And then the other player who I've been 
really impressed with, but I also think I, I kind of already see a ceiling. Um, man, Tony D'Angelo's looked pretty good. He looked really good. And if it, it's, it's to me, if you had to pick right, I, I think if you had to look at a transaction, holy shit, does Ethan Bear look good. Yeah. Oh, man. And he still has these little flubs every now and again. But, I mean, he's just like a fucking dog unleashed, man. He's out there. I mean, he looks incredible. Let me say something I think you're going to 100% agree with. Actually, I don't know. We haven't talked about it. But I don't think any of the additions to the team are negative in any way. I think they are all no. playing well at what we needed. Bear is good. Stephon has been good in his role. Um, 77. Wow. Tony D'Angelo has been good. He, he's weird to watch, but he's good. Anderson's been good. Like, I'm, I'm more than happy with all the additions so far. And I give you, it's super early, but. Yeah, it's early. It's early. So, so anyway, I've been really impressed with TDA. But one of the things, you know, I always wonder with guys like him, he's obviously not a dummy because he has this incredible hockey vision, right? Like, he obviously understands the game in a really special way. Right, and um, but the defense is always bad. But you, you never know. Too like, like if you would come up to our system, you, you, you're not going to be Bobby Orr, right? But you're, I always think your defense would have been better. And I, I mean, one of the things I thought Bobby Orr. But you, you get what I mean. Like I'm just saying, we, we drafted him. What do you want? I, I really <laughs> that's pretty good. I really thought his defense, and it's early. I really thought his defense would be a lot better, and the effort. I mean, he's definitely busting his fucking ass out there, right? Like, I feel yeah. really good about that. Um, he That one play game one where he got beat and basically mugged a person in the center ice. You know, that's something yeah. that we were, were kind of missing. I, really, I think he's looked great on the power play. I think he's looked fine, 5-on-5. Five five. little home run searching, 5-on-5, five five, but I think that'll come. I think once he gets his first goal, I think a lot of stuff melts. But he's looked good. And one of the things – one of the things I really loved, and I noticed this from the first to the second period in the um, the Columbus game. So you put, I think Cole and D'Angelo is the right pairings. And, but part of the gift is because Ian Cole is a consummate professional and Jacob Slavin is probably the best defensive defenseman in the league. Um, so what happened, right? First period, D'Angelo hits the ice, boom. The uh, what's his name? Fortnite guy, Patrick Laine line out in force, right? So what what does Rod Brindamore do? Jack Adams, winner that he is, breaks it up, puts D'Angelo on Slavin, and then puts Ethan Bear with Ian Cole. Good luck. That that simple, really that simple. So, I, but I think too he almost got undressed. Um, I just don't think he gets the. I, I don't think he'll ever be a good defender. I think I thought he could come out of this a good defender. I really did. And I think he'll be an honest defender, right? I, I think, I think he knows where he needs to be, but there's like a, like a timing aspect to it that I just don't think he gets. So I, 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 I really thought that if everything, if the stars aligned, that he could be like a top seven defenseman leaving here. I don't think he's going to stay here forever or anything like that. But I thought he'd come, you know, obviously he's, he's learned a lot of humility. 
yourself right through this process. Like, you know, you, you have the game taken away from you. He appears anyway to have learned a lot of humility. Like, he learns, like, some humility, and he picks up some defense. But holy shit, Tony D'Angelo is incredible. I don't know if he'll be able to pick up the defense. So, in a lot of ways, like I said, I, outside of Freddie Anderson, I've been very impressed with him, right? But I also think my feeling for him is lowered. He will be a PP1. He's like a poor man's Tory Krug. So, then next, who have you been the most impressed with out of, out of your, the returning canes? I honestly haven't thought about that until this very moment. Um, you can pick two. I don't know. It's interesting. Ajo's had a really good start to this season. He does. Oh, oh, wait, Foss. No, Foss is. It's clearly an outlier. But I'm really happy with his three goals in five games. That's that's great. You need to stay on that pace. Should uh, have been four. Should have been four. If Foss can stay on this pace, we're staying the cup winning team. I don't care. Like. <laughs> But um, it's early, and he did it last year, but Svech is playing really well. He's only taken one real stupid penalty so far, and I give you it's been five games, small sample size, but normally he takes a lot more stupid penalties than that. So I think, I think Svech has played really well. Hopefully he can you know, make it last and take that magical step we've all been talking about. But I also feel like Otto has been really good. Um, it took him a minute to get his fourth goal, but he like he passed the eye test. He was working for it. It wasn't from a lack of effort. The death of the October slow start for Ajo is important. A little bit. A little bit. That's just another mill you can tack on, you know? So. Or take away. Maybe we don't want that. Salary cap, let's go. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I think – Man, if the Svech thing doesn't he look free? I know that's kind of like a dumb, like media cliche, but the hair. Yeah, it, that is such a. He's jumping over people take. for clear high stick. Yeah. You know, no goals, but doesn't care. Like he looks free. Like he last like year, I thought fun. he really does. Yeah, last year I thought that the the penalties, which have kind of been an issue, but whatever, he does get picked on. That's what makes it hard. Like really hard is that he's not just taking awful penalties. He's it's incredible what, what get, people get away with on him. And uh, yeah. but he last got some year, flashing penalty where it was literally the guy sh- tried to shove him to the ice. So he just hits him with the stick as like a fuck you, and he gets a flashing yeah. penalty. It's like that's fucked. As a hundred percent. You know what? I love that you put it that way because that's what I was about to say. Last year, a lot of his penalties felt like lashing out, right? that it would build up and it would build up. And, you know, sometimes it was from trying for too much, but sometimes that happened late in games. That was always kind of the tell, right, is that he'd get beat up and he'd get beat up and eventually be like, ah, you know. But this year they feel, like you said, I feel kind of like, fuck you. Like, do you know who I am? Like, you know what I'm about to yeah. do to you tonight? And here's the thing. He's going out there and doing it. So I've been, Jesus Christ, fingers crossed, right? If we get 35-goal, 70-point Sveshnikov, like, we're in it. And then somebody who I've been really impressed with, and I don't know what his stats or anything have looked like. Um, this is purely kind of the eyeball test. Brady Shea looks really good. He, you know, the defense was never the issue. I felt like last year he was – he wasn't lost offense. He was fighting it is probably the best way to put it. And this year, 
I know they said on the broadcast a couple times that he's he works as a skills coach. He looks fucking good, man. Like he he is out there really creating. I feel like he's pinching more, and none of them have been bad pinches yet. Like so, that's been really nice to see. And he like, man, I hope I hope he gets a couple of these early to keep that confidence going. He's fucking flying. And if you get a little bit of the Pesci magic you got last year, not even all of it, just a little bit on the offensive side. And then Bray Shea keeps playing this way, and that's your second pairing. Look the fuck out. Issues. Those guys are going to get 20 minutes a night. And you're going to have to deal with that all the time. <sighs> so those have been the two that I've been the most impressed with. And I, I would have picked Aho, but I knew you would. Like that, that one's kind of the easy one, right? Like whoever went first. Yeah, Aho is always the easy one. It's what Kane has been impressed with. I don't know. What's the batch one, too? It's the easy one. I'll take that. Oh, he's ruthless. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So now you're 5-0. and It's early. You never want to panic. Two Hurricanes you've been a little – you're a little worried about early. It's really weird. I like him. Like, I don't think he was a bad ad for what we had at the time. But, like, he's not good defensively. And he skates so weirdly. Like, the in the fourth game where he got beat, he got beat clean. And it's just because the man has wheels, he's able to catch up and, and kind of throw the man to the ice, which whatever. But, like, that wasn't good. It's cool that he reacted that way and that he made up for his own mistake, but mistake should have never happened. TDA, huh? I'm, just, I'm sorry. I realize, but it is what it is. Huh. Plus, I'm going to a Twitter account again. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and then I don't... I don't really have a second one that I'm really worried about. I think Trocheck's acting a bit weird in my eyes. I don't know, just like I don't want to say he's not going as hard in the paint because I'm like I'm not going to question his. I don't agree with that at all. Okay, well, it's I don't know. You're just free off. to your opinion and all that. Yeah, no, I'm just, I don't want to question anything. It just seems off. I think um, part of the issue you have right now. Um, so it's kind of twofold, right? Where I'll have Teravainen guaranteed top line, right? And then the Stahl, Foss, Niederreiter. Niederreiter very close to being on that list as well. He looks – I don't think he'll get 20 goals this year, but he looks complete. You know, you know what he looks like? He looks like a guy who will go from contender to contender for the rest of his career. I don't think he's got one more big deal – I don't, and maybe he does take that. I don't know. But to me, it looks like he's really changed his game to ruthless release, good back check, smart wheels, right? He looks like a way more complete player. But you can't touch that third line either. They've been incredible. So you're in this weird place where, you know, personally, and this is, I don't think Nature's a little great. Um, he's had some opportunities. Um, he's looked fine, but. You know, he was the pick, right, to, to be the breakout. This was, you know, he's got another gear, and it feels like that hasn't come. Some of that is, you know, all four of your lines cannot be great at the same time. It's impossible. Even even Olympic teams can't do that, you know. So, well, I agree. I like the um, the the Trocheck Natchez Kakniemi line a lot. I would really ride with that line for a while. 
Um, but I'm a little worried about Natchez. And then I, I'm not worried about this player because he hasn't done anything yet. But I'd really like to see Ronta. I, I think that's important. I feel like you have to play him against Boston now. But what a shitty – you haven't played in three weeks. And now you've got the Bruins. Ho- hopefully it's a back-to-back and it looks great and everything's fine. Right? And then Freddie comes in and whatever. You're always going to split the back-to-back by bitch. But, like, man, I, I really wish he had gotten a game in there. When he didn't play in Columbus, that maybe something's wrong with him. I don't know, but it feels weird that he doesn't he hasn't played yet, right? I I don't know. I mean, he didn't have a great preseason either, which I realize it's preseason. That's because he hasn't played. You have to I know, play. But what game do you want to throw him in? Like throw him in the Blackhawks, I guess. I don't know. Like I don't want to put him in a situation like I don't. I would yeah. like to get eighty-two and zero. I realize that's impossible. It's not going to happen. But let's try. I think. If I at, from where we are now, I would play Freddie Thursday, and I would give Ronta the Friday game, and I'd give him the Sunday game because your, your Sunday is against Arizona. Yeah, so, I'd give him. I, no, I'm perfectly fine with that. That's Chicago and Arizona. At the end of the day, no. we should destroy both those teams either way. Now you're, you're definitely well, going to be there first of the season. There you go. So you can, you can book that now. We should. Not that it will happen, but we should. And but literally yeah, neither I, of those teams have run a game this season. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't. It, it's not his thing as a player. Like with Natchez, I'm. I'm just like I don't know. He looks a little off early, right? But with him, it's nothing he's done. It's just like I'd really like that guy to play. So then, what are your thoughts through through five? I mean, we won all five. Uh, the only real game where there was an actual chance of us losing was Nashville, which that is what it is. Um, I think we're meshing really well together, which is surprising considering the turnover we had. Like, there's, there's a lot more chemistry early in the season, I thought. That Being looser on COVID as a state – and and us being fully vaccinated and all that, I think has made that a lot easier. I think if we had done all this turnover last year, where dudes were in their hotel room, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a problem. <laughs> and to be very, fair, I, everything the team's releasing is that they're doing all these like team bonding activities, they're running out bars and hotels, not hotels, I'm sorry, bars and restaurants for team stuff a couple times a month. They're going to go race cars. They went fucking tree climbing or whatever. Like, I, the team has is trying to do this, but it's, it's just a lot more chemistry early on than I thought it would be. And I mean, that might be because half the team used to play for the Rangers, but still. So the only thing I want to add, and I'm 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 just putting it out here because I, I really had my eyes opened after that Toronto game. So <clears throat> one of the cool things about playing. Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver and the Rangers and all that is we get real kind of media coverage again, right? Like you get, you get 30 minutes more of them talking about you or comparing you to their teams and what have you than you would normally, right? Which is a value. So they lose 
you know, we came home, you know, sky opened up. We basically swam home. Um, Don't want to talk about and it. Ruined the phone. So, well, but I, so I go, watch the Canes post game. Oh, you know, they're really good, whatever. So then I watched the Leafs post game. And hearing them talk about us and being like, I, this is not an attempt to shit on the Leafs. I actually kind of like the Leafs because Austin Matthews. But for them to go, well, we lost 4-1, but, you know, it's uh, so much – losing 4-1 to this team in this building, great, improved effort. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's – and that is good. Super right? new. Like, like, yeah, like you guys are really good to, to consider that a thing. And then uh, I, don't, I don't watch a ton of LFRs. I actually try not to watch the, the one – like the big losses because it – and I know he like jokes about it and it pays them, but Dangle's not wrong that it is sick. <laughs> you, and, you know, you got the ESPN sick thing, yeah. You see the ESPN ticker and you see seven one Penguins. You're like, oh damn, I'm gonna I'm scoop this LFR. Yeah, <laughs> but What's I up? did I did want to watch this LFR because it was against the Canes, and he literally called it better team. Yeah, and I think you know we had talked. Can they win the Metro? What do you expect? What do you think is coming? Um, you know, yada, 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 yada. And I was like, well, you know, who knows? You... I think if we don't win the Metro, I think that's a failure. I think I if you don't make... Great. I, don't, I think if you don't make... I think my expectations... It's hard when you're inside of it and you've been burned by it a gajillion times, right? That's where I was going to take you. But, you know, and is some of it Toronto media and fans being hyper-dramatic? Spoiler alert, yeah. It's kind of their nature, right? <laughs> but, but like, I've, personally, I've raised my expectations. Like, we better win the Metro this year. So, so I think you got get stuck in this trap. It's not even, like, a bad thing. It's just, listen, as a fan base, we're, we're very humble. Like, yeah, we're jerks. We can be assholes. Fuck personal here. We're just having fun. But we're very humble because we were bad for a very long time. And then for a little bit, we, we were good. We were good for a little bit there. And then before that, we were bad for a very long time. Like, if this fan base knows anything, it's how it feels to be the laughing stock of the league. Which is why yeah. I think because you're not the only Hurricanes fan that's like, oh, I mean, we're an okay team this year. No, we're like a real cup contender. It's weird to see it in the media and, like, be not like the Torontos. Well, you know, in their building, it's a hard team. You know, uh, they put in a good effort. That, you know, there's not a lot of space out there. Say. Yeah, you know, it's a hard that's what play. we would say, to make excuses for our losses. Yeah. And now, like, I, now we're the, we're the team that, you, you know, you're, you're expecting to lose to. Which is just a totally different standard than we're used to. I mean, we're used to having our own expectations to win because we're fans, and of course, that's what we always want. But you know, like betting odds weren't for us. Meet the media wasn't. Hey, yeah, they're going to win the division. Hey, no, this is a good team. Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. That Toronto lost. If Toronto had lost to us four years ago, they might have burned down Rogers. Like they would have gone I and burned down the entire arena. I remember many moons ago, this Blackhawks story, unfortunately, 
I remember many moons ago, uh, 2014. It might have been a lockout year, actually. But, I mean, the Blackhawks were fucking ruthless. Like, so unbelievably good. And they, on their second night of a back-to-back, came in, and we played them tight for two periods, basically. And I don't think we were ever leading. I think we were just within a goal. <laughs> or, or, like, they'd go two, and we claw back, and we kind of play that kind of game. I don't even remember the finals. But I remember the Chicago media blasting them for this game even being kind of close on the second night of a back-to-back here in Raleigh. I was like, fuck, man, that's, that hurts. Like, that, that sucks. Like, are we really that far off? And we were, especially from them. They're, they're, that, 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 that Kings Blackhawk era is, I mean, those are the two best teams that I've ever been alive to see, period. So, but that brings us to, and you, I don't know, if you want to, I was going to do an around the league thing. I'd rather end on that and just get the Chicago thing out of the way. Well, we'll get the Chicago thing out of the way. I just want to, I have two quick things. So the first one is uh, I want to give updates on our, uh, well, I don't know what we called it, our like long shot bets for the season or uh, dark horse, whatever you want to Oh, call the points? It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. So I pulled it. Do you know it? I pulled it right before we started recording. Dougie had a two-point night last night, which killed me, and he got them late in the third. I was pissed. Yeah, so D'Angelo had been leading up until. but So both teams have played five games. Dougie and D'Angelo have both played all games. So they played five games each, and they both have four points. Dougie has a goal, three apples. Tony has four apples. So they're currently tied. So good for you. And my bet was that D'Angelo would have more points than Dougie at the end of the season. Okay, perfect. Just wanted to make sure. And then I, my bet was that uh, Kakanyemi would have. This is not going well. Not so. Much. I mean, he's got two points. Is what yeah. it is. What do you mean? This, I think. It, I think if he has. I think if he has thirty-five points, you label this year a massive success. Personally. Yeah. No. No. To be a hundred, like anyone who hears this has to know that fifty-five points is not a real expectation. But it fucking happens. I feel oh good about my D'Angelo thing. <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. Okay. The only thing that's going to stop him is I think he's going to get – I think his 5 on 5 ice time is going to be more limited. Cause, and I don't know, like I, – I don't think – like this is not an attempt to shit on advanced stats. They are certainly of merit, but I don't really pay attention to them. I think they're a good reference when you go player to player. And stuff like that, but like generally speaking, I'm not like, oh, you know, according to so and so's model, how is Ethan Bear's five on five play driving ability? Yada yada yada. I don't know. I don't. I don't ever look. But it feels like he does a good job of that, and I, he doesn't have the vision. Or TDA is like such a goddamn good passer, bro. Like, he, but he's he's not a liability in those departments, even if he's not as good as. As D'Angelo, but Jesus Christ, defensively, he's looked. He, you know, him and Svetch actually have very similar ener- energies right now, where they're just like, are there mistakes? Sure, but they're they're just driving shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so um, okay, yeah. One last thing, and then we'll dive into the uh, black guy in the hockey league. Anyway, so uh, I don't know, like. I guess it was almost two years ago now. No one liked Fox Sports South 
Like, no one was like, yay, Fox Sports South. But it, it was our broadcast. Only had been our broadcast for a very long time. It just was what it was. And then, I guess, Disney bought 20th Century Fox, so they had to change the licensing deal because you can't have ESPN and Fox for record, Sports. So whatever. Fox never owned that, like Sinclair. Sinclair Sports was the owner of the I'm aware. No, it's the licensing deal. It's not... Like, it's the, the yeah. same. Oh, okay, okay, the same. Okay, okay, Yeah, it was just the yeah. licensing. It was literally just the branding on the channel had to change. Nothing else had to change. And for some reason, I don't know if they brought in. Well, first of all, Sinclair sucks. Like, the Hurricanes should not resign a, a deal with them because they were terrible. No one can watch hockey games. You either have to have TV or season to watch hockey games. That's stupid. I'm not having either of those things. I just bought a VPN and I have ESPN Plus which is shitty that I have to do when the team plays 20 miles, 20 miles, 10 miles away from where I live. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, and the broadcast issue have just been awful. They've been nothing but technical difficulties. The Montreal game was a laugher. It's, it's really bad. And I don't know, like, as fans, what are we supposed to do except be like, hey, guys, this is shitty. I'm so, you yeah, want me to I mean, support this team when I can't even watch games? What's happening? That stuff is what it is. I would just advise, like you said, um, you know, I wouldn't always normally, if I was a person, I try to do things. I try to avoid the VPN route as much as possible. I know some people don't care at all. Um, but, it, I mean, if it gets to a point, you know, like, it's not like there's an alternative. And that's where I'm yeah. sympathetic to people. Do you already is. have Spectrum? Yeah, so Spectrum is part of my... Uh... Yeah, so I am I guess I was the only one in our family not to have Spectrum, which is terrible. And then, at, like, I already have Google Fiber Internet. I'm not going to go. That goes the whole thing. So it's like, it's good. VPN, let's go. Anyways, yeah, Bailey Sports sucks right now. No offense to, like, I'm not saying it's the broadcaster's fault or any individual person, or at least not that I know of, but, like, they need to, you know, let us support our hockey team. Please and thank you. Yeah. So you ready to talk Blackhawks? You know, I don't want to dwell too much on it, but you do got to talk about it a little bit, right? So I think a couple things here, right? So, I, generally speaking, hate the way that media does everything, right? And um, I think a lot of good things came out of this investigation. We're going to hit on the results here in in a a bit. Um, A, credit to John Doe and the, the other guy who he, like, touched but then, like, didn't, like, assault him kind of thing. They both originally wanted it sealed and then opted against that. That's obviously, you know, obviously they wanted that private. Obviously they knew they would have gotten more money from the beginning if the public had known the full scope and they wanted the privacy. So I don't, I've seen a couple of cynics online be like, oh, well, this is just to like maximize. I don't think that's the case. I think they realize the only way this gets fixed and gets better is to put this out. So you give give a little somber round of applause on that one, right? It sucks that you had to do that, but good on them to have the fucking, you know, cojones to do that. That sucks. And I hope, you know, I hope it's worth it for them. I hope I hope when this is all done, 
obviously they'll maybe they will. Some people do come out of that stuff and feel better and vindicated, but hopefully a lot can be taken off your shoulders by no one. You know, the the, the net is much wider now. Yeah, because you you put that that report out, so you give credit. It's not an easy thing to do. Period. And to people, no, no. briefly, people on Twitter trying to figure out who John Doe is. You're fucking animals, bro. Yeah, that's leave that alone. That's none of our business. Yeah, that's disgusting. That is yeah. disgusting. If, um, if this guy wanted us to know, we would know. He doesn't want us to know. Clearly, shut up. Leave it alone. So, and I'm actually going to leave a bit here for you to like include the names because I do think it is important to list everybody's names. I don't remember them offhand. But so the story that we were told eventually, the, basically, so the assault happened. Player went to leader team leadership like the players and that basically nothing ever happened to it and so the ownership didn't know but maybe they did or, or the executives and whatever and there's a big question there and then there were there were a couple things too that came out of it that were bad one of them was uh i guess i made fun of the the assaulted um which i Look, you shouldn't do that. You really, really shouldn't. But now that we have the full picture, it, I, I like to see how we got there. If that makes any sense, and I'm going to touch on that in a minute. You still shouldn't do it. It's not an excuse. I don't mean it that way. And B, that they gave this fucking guy, uh, whatever his name is, the assaulter, they gave him a fucking letter of recommendation on his way out the door, which, which is inexplicable. So now that we have the report, it's a different picture, right? So basically, Stan Bowman knew, uh, Joel Quinville knew, the GM for the uh, Winnipeg Jets knew, uh, basically all of the executive team knew. And this is going to become a he said, she said, very much so like actually Francis. You know what was interesting is that Borgeron is telling a lot of shit about how he had to know about this because he was there at the time. And this report literally vindicated him. He's like, I, I legitimately had no idea this happened. And he, his name was left out of the report. So I'm not going to say that good for him, sign of the award, but it's because his name wasn't smeared. Wait, who said this? Borgeron uh, was in Chicago at the time, so he's gotten massive shit. Patrice Bergeron? Going after like, him. People wanted to go after Crinville. Huh? Like Patrice, Patrice Bergeron? No, 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 I'm sorry, not Bergeron. Um, fuck, uh, GM Pat. At Beast, oh, the GM of the Habs. Habs. Oh, Bergerman. What? Bergerman, thank you. Bergerman, yeah. So Bergerman got cleared, which is, I mean, get his I name. Like, I thought he was a career Bruin, so you were really hitting me with the facts. So. No, no, no. So anyway, I, I super messed that up. I apologize. <laughs> so anyway, um, so the story that we've gotten now from this report, it's not even right to call it a story. The timeline that we've gotten from this report is I don't think in the report they referenced him even going to players. He immediately went to management. He went to the HR people who then involved every, Joe Quinville or Joel. Joel or Joel, I don't care. They involved Quinville, Bowman, right? everybody I just listed. Colin, I'm going to leave a pause here for you to – everybody involved yeah. in the room because it's important. You're, you're getting the story a little bit wrong, actually. So the way the way I've I've read like eighteen articles on last night is that so the John Doe went to the uh, 
skills coach. I don't remember. It was a member of the coaching staff. I want to say it was like mental acuity coach. It doesn't matter. A, a coach on the team. And then they won the conference finals. And then within an hour of that game ending, executive management was in an office talking about the allegations. And I, I, I mean, I wasn't in the room. None of us were in the room. But the reporting is that they all pretty much decided we're going to focus on the playoffs. Don't worry about it. We have a cup to win. Don't worry about it. And see, this is where, like, I appreciate that I basically got 1% of it wrong for you to take over. But You're the, 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 this is the if, the he said, she said, right? Because, and we saw this happen with Ron Francis and Bill Peters. Scott Bowman on his way out the door. was like, well, you know, as I recall it, Quinville said, and, you know, paraphrasing here, trying to win a cup. Right. Yeah. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that Quinville is going to be like, no. Bowman told me we're winning a cup. Right. So that's where this is going to end uh, poorly. Um, and I think you're going to see a, a lot of people lose jobs over yeah. this, which. You know, one of the things that I find really, like, if you're Quinville, you just have to resign. You know? I I don't, have... I don't think these people should be given options. Like, 100% these people should not be given options. And I yeah. realize it's like a, like a hard-line stance, but also, I'm not mad at it. Like, if you knowingly covered this up and knowingly led to future sexual assaults, you're banned for life. I don't care. Like, so... Uh, then it's my understanding yeah, so they obviously win the cup and somebody else found out about it and then the video coordinator basically got from there he was gone within weeks and they gave him the opportunity to resign but again it was very you know this guy wasn't fired as an assaulter he you know i i think from what i read they inv- they call him in the like the hr lady called him in or guy or whoever the hell, right? The HR yeah. person called them in, uh, asked, assaulter starts crying, never confirms or denies. They give him notice. They gave him a day with the cup. I think he's got a ring. Um, not good. Not good. He gets to participate in the celebrations, too, which was more yeah. than weeks after. So the, there's, you know, a couple things. It's great. The, the greatest sin in all of this, these things happen, and people are people and are human, and they like shrink under this moment, right? Maybe that means you shouldn't be an NHL head coach. Maybe you'd never run into that again as an NHL head coach. It doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I, 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 honestly, I don't even care about that part of the, the conversation. I think it's mostly null and void. You were given an opportunity, all these guys were, in the summer, to come clean on this. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them in management, the players thing I'm going to touch on here in a second, but every single one of them in, in management, never heard of it until now. Yeah. That is no bueno. I'm actually going to 
Richard Nixon, after Watergate, used to go around and tell everyone, you know, the, the crime wasn't even that big of a deal. The problem that uh, the cover-up cover is what got me. The cover-up was worse than the crime, which in this exactly. case is 100% true. If in 2010 you had fired this guy immediately, then like, nope, sorry, you do not work for an organization. No one would care anymore. It's 11 years later. The I would is, argue that uh, uh, sexual assault is probably worse than uh, cover-ups. But at the okay. spirit of what you're saying, yeah, I'm saying the given up of... the human aspect of this, right? Yeah. Who, who among us, right? One out of a hundred persons has has the fucking balls to nail this right, right? Is that a human thing? Is that an American thing? Is that an executive thing? I don't know or care. But you were given this opportunity to fix this, and you didn't. I think from there, not only not to fix it, you lied about it. Yep. So you're done. And then for the players. There's going to be a lot of questions. There should be a lot of questions. But, again, if you're the players and management literally swept this under the rug, when something like that looms over a team, it creates ugly. And that's not a pass to the players. It's not. You shouldn't have said that, right? But what I'm saying, it's like shitty kids, right, where sometimes you have really shitty parents and it you know you can have mother Teresa as a child they're going to end up shitty because you have shitty parents and it kind of feels like this here and I think who knew what when needs you know I, I think a lot of this too doesn't need to be the more public the players go outside of like an apology and A, B, or C they're going to figure out who, who these guys are which you want to avoid I think that's key to keep in mind yeah you know all, all you need is one guy who said, like, yeah, after he scored a goal, it'll be known in an instant, right? So I think I think you publicly, you need people to answer for what happened here. But I, I, I've seen a lot of, like, avoid their contracts, suspend them. I'm, I don't know. Like, I don't this know. was such a systemic issue in the team. Like, the, it, it was so severely mishandled. Yeah. At this point, it was a cultural problem that players don't really have control over. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, behave shittily, maybe should have done more as a human, but how can I say, if I was in that position 11 years ago, that I would handle it any differently as a player? What like, control do you really have? And the Catholic Church, right? Something that happened a lot of, or a lot of the time when all their bullshit first flared up, is that they passed the buck and they passed the buck and eventually you had cardinals who were installed who were little, legitimate pedophiles, right? And so when they cleaned house, they found it harder to remove the cardinals. So, you know, if the lead choir uh, instructor smelt wine on a, a 16-year-old's breath and didn't report it, gone, done, right? In a perfect world, would you like that person to to – to be better, duh, but that's not really our issue here. So, and, and things were very different a decade ago. I think that's important, you yeah. know. But hey, spoiler spoiler alert! Your favorite player from the seventies, eighties, nineties has probably said a couple of things that would make you uncomfortable. Yeah. So, your favorite uh, player today probably does a couple of things that would make you uncomfortable. I don't even mean that in like a negative way. Like, you're not yeah. going to 100% agree with these players' decisions in their life, and you, you just have to live with that. 
So I, I think you you need to kind of hold these players accountable. I think that's important, but there's a fine line in here. And then one more thing I want to touch on, and we have to, as consumers, take a stand on this, I think. We cannot any longer – media personalities who use stuff like this as an opportunity to, to preach and grandstand and all of this, the story speaks for itself. It is selfish and self-serving for you to take this as your moment. Like, hey, spoiler alert, I assume every person I've ever met in my entire life until proven otherwise thinks sexual assault is bad. So I don't need your little tweet storm about how these players should be at. Like, yeah, we all know that. That is just for you. Stop taking the moment away from what's happening here. The conversation is about that. The end period, I don't even want to spend any more time on it than that. I'm simply saying no more. Okay. Uh, first of all, 100% right on that. And I have one final point, and I guess we can wrap up. Um, I'm going to go around Nash- the league before you do. Yeah. The National Hockey League uh, you know, has the ability to find players, find teams, find management, find tr- equipment trainers if they wanted to. Like They can find people who work for the league. And as part of the investigation, as part of the punishment for the Blackhawks, it's a $2 million fine. That's the punishment. And, I mean, I disagree with a lot of things that the NHL does, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm not in New York. I'm not in the C Street. I'm not Gary Bettman. I'm not Daly. Like, it's just, I don't do that job, whatever. But $2 million fine for this, it's stupid. Like, if, if it's going to yeah. be $2 million, you shouldn't even find them. Because that's insulting. I agree. And, and I, I think the bigger issue is, how do you say? So I've seen people be like, oh, you have to take draft picks and this and that. And, you know, that's what you did to Arizona for weighing teenagers, yada, yada. I, don't I actually disagree with that. Yeah, I don't this think is not a thing. competitive balance issue. This is so much bigger than that. Yeah. Right? You... It's like if you found out your kid was skipping school and then you found out your kid, like, touched a girl in the ladies' room inappropriately, taking away, you know, dessert for a week and dessert for a month is not the answer. Like, th- those aren't yeah. the same punishment. If, and, I, and I – even if, the, if it was $2 million that had to go to, like, X Foundation or, or if they were required to open up. Um, some kind of of uh, outreach thing or something, right? Doesn't that feel way better than $2 million into the coffers of well, the NHL? It's actually 50-50. So a million of it goes to the NHL, a million of it's supposed to go to like youth hockey, hockey and sexual. That I still think yeah. that. That's still yeah, not, that people, people deserve lifetime bans. Like I'm not joking about that. Well, this was massively mishandled. They're gonna; those are coming. You can sit on that. It's gonna be a long time. And a hundred percent. And I don't even mean to slander, but there was no way ownership didn't know about this. There's no freaking way. I don't think they did. You're telling me HR knew about it? Ownership didn't? To me, it's totally believable. I mean, I I guess I'm just used to. Dundon, who's very hands-on, but it's, it's okay. Okay. 
Let's go around the league. So, what are we talking about? So, so give me three things you've liked so far about the season. Our season or the league in general? Just the league. Uh, I, I watched the Kraken home opener, and I really enjoyed that game. I really, like, it was it was weird because you could, like, see in the Kraken fans and players, like, that was the first time they had ever been in that building. And that was just fun to watch. It was fun to experience that with them, I guess. Um, uh, I, I really liked Buffalo, just, like, coming out of the gate, like, oh, we're a really good team. You're not, but whatever. We'll see what happens. I'm here for it. It's a good storyline this year. And then, weirdly enough, this is going to sound a, a bit fucked up with me. I, I'm a monster for saying this, but I enjoy that the Blackhawks are being destroyed right now. It sucks for individual players because, like, Floyd has nothing to do with any of this. But Floyd's going to have a bad... Oh, I definitely season. overreacted to... You know, they didn't play any good. And, and to be clear, we're talking about competitively, not uh, management. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they – and I think you and I talked about this. They basically played nobody for the first half of the year, hung around in that fourth spot and the central just because. And then when they started playing, you know, Tampa, Carolina, and uh, Florida, they fell out of the race. You were never, you know, you were never that close. So this is, yeah. The things I've loved so far, they bet so heavily on it, and it it just failed so miserably. The thing that I stuff I've loved so far is, um, I like, you know, one of the the sharks, Calgary and Buffalo, one of those teams is real. It's fun. I always kind of like the Sharks. Hopefully it's them. You know, hopefully they can hang around. Uh, the Pacific is not great. Um, so, but seeing that happen is cool. Um, I personally, this may be the year from hell for one Vegas Golden Knights. So keep an eye on that. About time. Not my point, though. Yeah, and then, um, man, I don't know how much hockey you've watched, but goddamn, do the Panthers. Uh, we we really played them, and we're like, well, let's never see you again. They are ruthless. What happens with the coaching change and all that? Panthers they, are, the Panthers are one of the only teams I haven't watched. It's funny. They are ruthless, pal. It will seem like a week. Yeah, well, who knows what they'll look like when we get to them, too. They might have a new coach, but they are good. Which also sucks to be the Panthers because, like, they, they have earned their position of, like, not being a bad team. And they're going to get drugged through the mud because of Quinville. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it is what it is. But I don't really have uh, I got I, I got one other question for you. What is your uh, – if you could cheer for any other hockey team right now, who would it be? In the league, of course. Let me, let me look at, like, a list. Oh, I already know it off the top of my head. Here are teams that I've traditionally always kind of liked. Minnesota, 
it would probably be Calgary, to be honest with you. Um, San Jose, Nashville, Dallas, Seattle. Um, maybe Ottawa. Arizona. Those are teams I've always kind of liked. If I had to pick right now, like if I just had to like spend a year on a team, yeah. a lot of former Canes on Calgary. I don't like Lindholm. He he's he always rubs me the wrong way, but um, that's a fun team for sure. I'd probably pick Calgary. I'm just two for the underdog story. So I'm Sharks, Buffalo, and I don't know. Let's throw the crack in there just because all day. Uh, most yeah, likely Buffalo because they're the most underdog, but it's a fun time to be. I underdog. think their schedule gets a lot easier soon. Yeah, they go Buffalo, Arizona, Vegas is hard, Anaheim, Minnesota, Chicago. So they, they, they kind of have a bit of a run here. And then we'll we play them. We actually – November is going to be a really shitty month for us. But if we can make it out of November in really good shape. I don't think when I was – I was looking the other day, and I knew that we really just weren't ever home for the month of November. Yeah, we have three games. Um, and and, a, and we there's a, it's kind of touch and go in December. But I think after like mid-December, I don't think we play more than two games on the road back-to-back or in a row. Uh, so, you're right. No, no. Yeah. Uh, in March, we'll play three games in a row on the road. We'll go to Seattle, then go to Washington, then go to Tampa Bay. Who the hell made that schedule? What a fucking Jesus Yeah, that's Christ. a road trip. That is a road trip story. All right. Well, all right. Generally speaking, if you can get out of November and you're still in a good spot, things are going to be good. Don't disagree. This has been a good start to the season, but we've done this before, so, you know, let's be consistent. Yeah, so, all right, well, we'll end it here. We'll do we'll do one Thursday right before the, the Bruins game. You know what? We won't do one Thursday. Yeah, this That's is going to count as the Thursday one. And we'll do one so Tuesday. We'll do, yep, we'll have one on Tuesday. Yep. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Home Ice Advantage podcast. As always, we very much appreciate it. Please follow and share with your friends. Send it to your Aunt Betty. Knock on your neighbor's door. Email it to a teacher, your boss. Who cares? Just make sure you share it. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time.